and it actually starts to trigger the parts of your brain that think, oh my god, violence is bad. Moving buildings. Flying. Over the sea. Sean Bean dies. I'm Red Scott. And I'm Ivan Hernandez. This is Boys Going Swords. The third best podcast that's not going to talk about Luke Cage this episode because we haven't both finished it and we need a third party of African-American descent so that we don't have a repeat of the Jessica Jones episode where we did not have a woman on when we should have had a woman on. But also, we can't be doing the best we can at all times. My God, what do you people expect from us? And so we're doing a much better show this week, Westworld, which Ooh, is I... a wonderful show, probably the best drama I've seen on television <laughs> when it comes down to it, without qualification. I don't need to categorize <laughs> I, it in any way, shape, or form. I don't, know, I don't know if you're messing with me or if your love of autistics and robots is so strong that you truly believe this is a good television program. Why are you changing topics to The Accountant? That was also a great movie. I <laughs> loved watching. I, I, I was talking about this with somebody yesterday, and I was like, yeah, Red went to see The the Accountant. It's good for him to see good representations of the autism spectrum on f- big screen. <laughs> Finally, we have justifiable murderers who are all about accounting, who know the satisfaction <laughs> of figuring out what the crime was by just following the numbers from books <laughs> given to you by John Lithgow. That's all I want in life. He's taking the ultimate deduction, your life. I mean, it doesn't work that way. People think that taxes are just, anyway. um. (laughs) You didn't need to end that rant. You could have kept going. I wasn't going to stop you. (laughs) So, okay, so we're covering HBO's Westworld, Mm -hmm. uh, a television show that, as I've mentioned, is on HBO, a prestige drama, very high budget a lot of big names attached to it, not even just including the actors, but it's executive produced by J.J. Abrams. Uh, it's co-created uh, created, by... Uh, Jonathan Nolan, the lesser Nolan, and uh, Lisa Joy, uh, his wife. So it is a married production team. I had forgot- Which is actually very, very common in television, I've been seeing. I've been, I'd forgotten that Lisa Joy was, was his wife. I, I knew she was famous for... Uh, uh, a lot of things, but I, d- I didn't. I've forgotten about that. So yeah, she and- uh, she's you know she's uh, had a lot of uh, good credits on you know decent uh, television shows. So just getting this out of the way, uh, I don't know if I've ever loved a pilot more. Upon first really? viewing, I watched. It's the first time that I've watched a pilot, and then within 24 hours was like, I want to watch it again. I didn't realize until I watched it the second time through that it was 80 minutes long because it was that good, um, and. It was, it was only the third time. There's so many different great aspects to the world building and the puzzles that like set my mind alight with joy that it wasn't until the third time that the darkness of the pilot truly got through to me. Because once I'd answered oh. as many questions as I had that I was like, oh, this, this is kind of wearing on me. <laughs> oh, oh, you didn't catch the, quite frankly, really unnerving amount of rape culture that's involved in this television program? There, there's. We are going to get to each and every one of those incidents. Um, I've, I've read so many different theories. This here's the here's the thing about this television show. Yes, it's so well made. I don't know if I like it 
or hate it more than anything I've ever seen. I, I honestly don't understand how you can forgive every single thing that's in Marvel continuity. And then something like this, which is problematic, has a lot of issues with it. But it's just very good television also. Like, okay. I don't, I've, I've told you my thing about Marvel, how, how my emotional attachment to the characters causes me to forgive a lot. A lot. And nobody has emotional attachment to Westworld. Oh, that's man. my other problem. Michael Crichton is dead. Who cares about his fucking fallow properties that haven't been touched in decades? Why are they putting so much effort into a televised adaptation of Westworld, of all things? I just don't know why they didn't do something original, why they didn't do something that isn't anchored to a fucking shitty old movie from the 1970s. There's just so much of it where I'm like, why why does this exist? And to be fair, to be fair... It has grown a lot on me ever since I realized it's basically, uh, hey, video games are bad. I, here's where I'm going to push back on you on that. It's So the Westworlds, the original movie was almost uh, the same length as the pilot that we've gotten through. <laughs> so th- they're essentially using the Westworld movie from 1973, which was written and directed by Michael Crichton. So I'm just mm-hmm. saying that because some people listening might not know that. Uh, that they're using that as a jumping off point. Uh, and obviously they've reinterpreted that that world in a lot of different ways. I don't think we're going to end up at the same point uh, to create a really interesting uh, sci- science fiction show, which we do not get a lot of great high high dime science fiction shows on television. So I I I like it a lot. Also, we're not tied into 19 different other storylines, which sort of limits what you're able to do with the world tonally and also plot wise. That's fair, and they are they are, you know it is. It is not a strict reinterpretation at all because fucking Ed Harris's character is meant to echo the Yul Brenner character from the original who was a robot. Yes. So they're taking a lot of the motifs of the original movie and reinterpreting them in different ways because, you know, nobody has an attachment to Westworld the fucking movie. And again, before... Except Jonathan Nolan, apparently. Before uh, we get deep into this, uh, we're definitely going to top through the whole first episode, which is a joy to – if you think you're going to watch it anyway, watch that before you listen to this because there's a lot, oh. of, there's a lot of great uh, joy interpreting the, what's happening in the pilot and what, what you're looking at worldwide and sort of figuring out um, just all, all, all the little pieces that you're giving you while you're watching the pilot. And if you want to hear us – and you can't listen to this right now, what you should do is go support us on Patreon, where you can find <laughs> our latest Great British Bake Off episode, What's Up This up this Week, and we're going to have um, a new episode up these next two weeks. And thank you to our existing patrons, and may Andrew make it to the final and win it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, uh, I would say it's, you know, it's definitely worth watching. Of all of the new HBO projects... This is one of the few where I can say, you know, yes, definitely watch it. Because this is the... (sighs) What are your favorite non-Marvel prestige dramas made in the past year? In the past year? Holy shit. I don't... It's Westworld. There's been a few. Fargo. I enjoyed Fargo a lot. Uh, Fuck, what else? I would have to go through it because there's, you know, there's a lot... I can't... You you, You of all people know how much media I consume. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't have a lot of other time on my hands. I don't have a lot of significant relationships. <laughs> so, you know, I would have to research that list, but I watch non-Marvel stuff. I just get very enthusiastic about the Marvel stuff because I feel like it's one of the few, you know, 
high budget genre projects that is not inherently morally bankrupt. I'm looking at you, DC. <laughs> Nobody's ever liked DC. Uh, it's so fucking terrible. It's and like have you have you seen any of the Justice League promo materials that have come out? No. It looks like the dumbest fucking movie that anybody's ever made in their entire fucking lives. And that's that's Zach Snuff. He's made so many bad movies that he he truly <laughs> it is insane that him and John Peters have followed basically the exact same career path with the exact same properties of doing so terribly that they just can't help but fail upwards. I have to give Marvel credit for like repeatedly looping me into their world when I say never again. Whereas DC, the last non-Batman DC, uh, sorry, the last non-Christopher Nolan DC ah, movie oh yeah. I've I've watched uh, involved Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. <laughs> I, I clocked out back then. Movie too. I clocked out back then. 2006. As you I was like, As you I'm done. I'm they, done with this. They have not made a good non-Batman DC film since. Uh, it's, I'm not saying that one was good. I'm only saying the first two Batman, uh, Nolan Batmans are good. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, and the yeah. third one, the third one I give him, the third one I give him a pass on because fucking Heath yeah. Ledger died. He didn't want to do that movie. It, it was a rough time for all of us. It really was. We we should have had a national mourning period of no Batman movies. <laughs> and that's when Jonathan Nolan said, I'm going to finally remake the one movie that everybody's clamoring for, Westworld. <laughs> so uh, I, I'd actually like to get into the background so, yeah, so of, I, let, of let the me production. S- let me set this up. So I've noticed a divide in a very my very small sample size mm-hmm. of those who were t- talking and aware of pre-production – seem much more likely to actively dislike this movie. And mm-hmm. those who sort of watched it more cold uh, tend to be more on board. So tell me about all the nightmarish pre-production issues. Jesus. And this is this is a number of nightmarish pre-production issues that run the fucking gamut. The really big one that got a lot of controversy attached to it was that uh, they had extras actually doing uh, full frontal and simulated sex, which is against... So many union rules. Yeah. If you if you pay people to act like they're fucking each other, they have to get good money. Yeah. That is part of what is so great about America's union system. You got to get camera fucking money. Oh, yeah. And they were not giving people camera fucking money. So that was a big problem. Uh, the scheduling has been insane. This was supposed to air last year. Yeah, it, it's, it's rare that a show's this late and not just immediately a trash pile. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. This is they. I I give them full credit. They have seemed to you know skirt the uh, disastrousness inherent in a very weird pre-production cycle. Uh, it's gone consistently over budget, and this is at a time when HBO is having probably the weirdest period in their production cycle mm-hmm. because they've had they had Game of Thrones, which was such a huge hit that they've basically been able to. Uh, ballyhoo all of their other projects using uh the amount of money and uh acclaim they've gotten like you look at vinyl vinyl's a crazy situation because that's that's scorsese scorsese that's fucking jagger and and they gave it a second season then they ungave it a second season which is which is insane i mean to 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 download too slow scorsese seems like bold yeah oh yeah like, I assume that they have a good relationship because they let Boardwalk Empire run for years when nobody cared about it anymore. Not at all. 
I yeah. mean, literally, only the costuming community was paying attention. Pretty much. <laughs> it, basically, the, they've had so many big fucking just huge bombs as far as, like, prestige drama and... What would the, what was their last big genre project that ate a fat one? I mean they um, had they had the David Milch uh horse racing show which that was insane what was happened that, with that show. Was that lucky? That, yes, that was the show with where Dustin so many Hoffman. horses died that they canceled the show. I didn't know that's why that happened. You didn't know that? It was because so many horses died. But I mean uh, uh, that's awful. Yes, exactly. So many horses died during the production of that show. They were like we just can't keep doing this show anymore. I, the, at least I assume. I, I'm pretty sure I'm not pulling that out of my ass. Were, were they uh, like giving the horses quaaludes instead of just filming them in slow motion? <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, the horses aren't going to object to that. Everybody knows horses love ludes. <laughs> love them. Love them. So, yeah, they, they've been coming off a real weird cycle where they haven't had a lot of, like, huge hits that their their comedy you know the comedy division's been doing great for the last few years but that's so low budget that yeah. like you know who really cares so a lot is riding on westworld and it it's it's a hit yeah you know unqualified you're, it's a fucking hit yeah you're, you're the you're the person who's had the strongest uh, negative reaction of anybody i know it's, so i'm excited to talk to you about it it's not even it's not even that it's that negative it's a good show I just don't like I just don't like the way, you know, fucking I've just been in video games so long that all of the lessons they're trying to tr- teach me are like, yes, I know. Fucking griefers are stupid. NPCs have it real bad. <laughs> they're never going to get human behavior uh, completely right in an AI, and eventually, if you let robots try to care about each other, they're going to try to kill God. Which yeah, that that all sounds. Everybody knows. That sounds Everybody very knows. So you know, it, what are the what is what is new that they are trying to teach me? So it opens. I mean, I I also I also don't know exactly how long they're going to be able to run the premise because I feel like I feel like this is a show where like it's robot uprising and then what happens? Sure. No, yeah. that's that's that that's completely fair. This the. It could still go off of a cliff. We're two episodes oh, in, and I'm very, very excited. But you're, you're 100% right that uh, there's a lot of ways it could go that would be very, very bad. And, uh, and, and also, they're, they're, they've hired a lot of good people as far as production. You know, the casting is fucking insane. Oh, yeah. I meant to look up all of the names of cast because I'm terrible at that. But oh, I, I, did I, I, I didn't even bother because I'm just like, Jeffrey Wright, the other Hemsworth, Evan Rachel Wood. Good joke. Good oh, it show. is the other Hemsworth. It is the other Hemsworth. It's the eldest Hems, the eldest and least successful Hemsworth. Uh, Hemsworth the Elder, I believe he goes by. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, one of my favorite comic book writers, Ed Brubaker. Yeah. Uh, he's a uh, he's on the writing staff too. So this yeah. is it's not a badly made show by any means. I love take it's five. It's a very well made show. So first off, it's the world's longest theme song in the. <sighs> And and I, and I, there was a pilot that was eighty minutes long, and they were like, "Yeah, we need the full two minute long." <laughs> oh yeah, and, it, and it's it's nothing but hey, robots. They can play the piano and fuck, and that's versatility. It it really is. It's a lot of range yeah. that you normally don't get with robots. <laughs> Usually, you can only fuck one or have one play the piano for you. But these robots, they can do everything. After the theme song, it opens with a creepy, uh, backlit naked woman. Mm-hmm. We get and, the. And I'm really wondering if they they got Evan Rachel Wood a butt double for all these shots. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, they probably just pulled one of the extras. <laughs> exactly. They're like, hey, you you like to show off your butthole, don't you? 
I don't think they showed her butthole. <laughs> They're gonna, though. You know how it is. They have no restraint on this home box office. Uh, so, uh, and so this is, we're, we're hearing Hemsworth the Elder. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know his character's name. Uh, no, neither do I. I have no idea who, what any of these characters' names are. So the, I know Jeffrey Wright is Bernard. Fucking Evan Rachel Wood is Dolores. Correct. And Anthony Hopkins is Ford. And those are the only three names I know. Uh, Teddy is James Marsden. Mm-hmm. I, James Marsden. Just do it. If you ever want a guy who's just the, the human equivalent of a slice of vanilla cake, that's James Marsden. I mean, it's a, it's a very attractive piece of vanilla cake. Nobody's saying vanilla cake is bad. <laughs> yeah, vanilla is underrated, frankly. <laughs> okay, so uh, the, the voiceover is creepy and great. Mm-hmm. They, they have a, a narrative where they sort of loop uh, this scene from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, would you like to wake up? Yes, I'm terrified. Is such <laughs> a good line that had me hooked immediately. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll, and they I'll, do... I've never, I've never had a robot uprising plot planted so quickly and effectively. Like 30 <laughs> seconds, well, excuse me, two minutes and 30 seconds, including the theme song in, you immediately know there's going to be a robot uprising. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they pulled the old, the old Aeon Flux fly in the eye. And that was, that, the, this is, you know, I've seen the fly in the eye. It is from Aeon Flux, which is what, 93? I, so there is, this is a show where, you know, me of all people, I'm not going to be against homage. But this is a show where there's a lot of homage and, you know, paid to uh, classic genre conceits. Well, it's, it is a very effective homage. I mean, it mm. is, there's nothing creepier than a fly crawling on your eyeball and not reacting to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Evan Rachel Wood does a great blank death mask face. Oh, it's inc- the All of the actors, um, the character who plays Dolores' father... Who? Oh, gonna, he's real good. What, he's what, real good at the end. Him acting like going in and out of being uh, the robot character. I believe it. Yeah, it's Louis Hertham. Louis mm-hmm. Hertham. I don't know how you pronounce it, but that's the actor's name. Um, is just it's a masterclass. Yeah. I, 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 I the first. It's so good that I like. I didn't even realize what he was doing with that performance. Like, I just assumed there's some sort of special effect or something. And then the second mm. time through, I was like, oh, wait, he's just doing that. And I <laughs> was blown away. The ultimate special effect. Yeah. Uh, so we, cu- we cut to her waking up in a 19th century ranch on the range in, in the, I'm going to call it the West. Mm-hmm. Her father, uh, who is Peter Habernathy, asks her if she's going to set down some of this natural splendor. Uh, and and we hear her, and at the whole time we're getting the questions that are being asked by Hemsworth the Elder uh, mm. back at the lab. And it's like, oh, what do you think of these newcomers? At one point or another, we were all new to this world. She's She's got this unending positivity towards all of the actual player characters who live in this world. Yeah. I, I think that they did lay, uh, you know, this is just me saying this as a person who already has all of these themes baked into his subconscious. But they did lay the themes on pretty thick. Although, you know, a lot of people coming to the show are not people who have fantasized about cyberpunk for their entire lives. <laughs> so all of the dialogue where it's like, yes, we're robots and we're going to have an uprising. I was like, yeah, of course they are. Um, so what did you think? So Teddy Flood, a.k.a. James Marsden, 
They pull an amazing they, bait and They switch. got me on them the first time. They yeah. got me on them the first time. It is. And even watching through, like, it's... I will say, when you watch the pilot preceding times... Mm-hmm. It, 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 you like you see how hard they dug that angle in like every yeah. scene they're reinforcing that he is not one of the robots so when he is one of the robots it it blew me away it was it, that was so much fun i mean he got blown away all right oh yeah well he's been have you seen the second episode yes and so he's been in two episodes and he has been murdered in two episodes, which I'm wondering <laughs> it's going to be like Jerry Seinfeld dating a new woman every episode. Is, like James no, Marston is going to get Marston killed. James Marston is the Kenny of Westworld. Yes, James Marston. Oh my God, they killed Teddy. <laughs> His name's That's Teddy. That's the name of the episode. That's oh, the name of the episode. Oh yeah. Oh my God, they killed Teddy. That is definitely the name of the episode. <laughs> so they, they, this is as somebody who, okay, if you guys are, aren't aware of me and Red's backgrounds, we played a lot of World of Warcraft. Yeah, you know, the, the average amount, you know, like most of our lives when we were like... <laughs> the, I would say, oof, how many expansions did oof. you go into? Because no, I, I, I think I only did one expansion. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I, I might have d- done two. I played one expansion for a little bit, but I played very early and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and for a while. But... Yeah. And, I, I I would say it's less about the length of wall time that I played and more the amount of time that I played in the few years that I was involved with it and the amount <laughs> it affected my life negatively in that time. <laughs> you and me both, sister. <laughs> so this is a lot of... You're getting a lot of, you know, the scripted routines of NPCs in this. Sure. There are a lot of actions where, you know, it gets repeated, but if a player character interferes, it fucks with the routine. So there is a lot of that happening. And, it, you know, it's a straight-up plot point where the, the one writer guy is like, yes, I fucked with I, I massaged uh, the events of the story and all of that. Yeah, there's, I mean, honestly, just it being... Oh, there's, there's so many different angles I want to talk about. But mm-hmm. just, uh, so, one thing is that the world having them be these biological androids, and I prefer that term to robots, for which we can get into whether or not you prefer. But uh, these biological androids are so real that I forget that this is essentially a video game. And like, mm-hmm. I would have questions about the world that I realized, oh, it's just like a video game would be the answer. Like, yeah. how, how is time passing, but the same loop is going on every day in this world? It's like, oh, it's like a video game town. Yeah. And, and to be fair, they don't give you an idea of what exactly how long the time loop is. I, I mean, I assume it's a day. Yeah, but, the, you know, there are different events that happen, and I assume that there are longer periods for certain storylines and whatnot. Sure. The, you know, they, it's, it's one of those settings where the rules are so insane and complex that, you know, they can't... They can't lay them all out in the first episode without it being a massive info dump. But no, but sure. I mean, but like, so a basic thing that I was confused about until I thought about, you know, Red Dead Redemption or something like that. Which, uh, by the way, it's so Red Dead Redemption, the series. Right. But you could say Red Dead Redemption is so Westworld, the movie from 1973. (laughs) Oh, good call. Good retort. Good retort. (laughs) But so you have the entry place, the town, where sort of the same thing is happening every day. And Mm -hmm. then as you take a mission, you know, you can sort of leave the town and go off to another area, which is probably like an instance, which can take any number of days because you're not connected to the town. So you don't see the time loop. And similarly, you know, when they have the event 
at the end, which you could see as an expansion, this sort of raid that's coming in, that can be mm-hmm. a one-time thing that can be planned over a longer period of time. And that, that all makes sense. That's all just that, like normal video and, games. And, and at, the end, uh, at the end, it's the greatest lesson of why you should never have raid story events take place in the overworld map. Yes! <laughs> it's very, very obvious. Yeah. So, so uh, the, I just wish... I just wish that one character had a yellow exclamation point over their head. <laughs> that would Nothing so would make good. me feel more at home. That would be so good. Uh, so uh, uh, Teddy goes to the bar. He's approached mm-hmm. by a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, do you notice any repetition, Dolores? All lives have routine. Yeah. Oh, and and uh, the the other sex worker is Tandy Newton, who is a fantastic actress who I feel like has never really gotten – a vehicle for her talents. Yeah, T- Tandy Newton is wonderful as Maeve Malay, the uh, mm-hmm. the Madame in the uh, bar slash brothel. I, gu- I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I guess back then they were like general vice dens. Like it was like you know yeah. bar brothel, of probably video games. You know, just all <laughs> the all the other things that are going to ruin your life. Oh, and then then we get the, this stupid fucking player piano. <laughs> I. I had no problem with the player piano. So for a couple of reasons. So first of all, if if you follow computer science a lot, a player piano is often used as the first uh, programmable device mm-hmm. in in history. You know, so it's it's got a history with automatons that I I like thematically. Also, I felt like with the possible exception of excuse me, with the probable exception of Paint It Black, <laughs> I feel like they weren't too in your face about what the songs were. Cause a bunch of people told me black hole sun was in there and I didn't hear it until the third time through. Mm-hmm. And like, and, and oh, s- sorry, go ahead. Black, black hole sun. That was the one that, 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 I don't know. I felt like it kind of broke immersion for me. Oh, when really? Black hole sun started playing just because it's one of those things where like, you know, the player is meant the player slash, non uh, you know actual fucking non robots right. are meant to recognize it and go oh that's black hole sun gotcha and, yeah so that kind of broke immersion for me painted black first of all first of all i've listened to so many string quartet tribute albums that i was like well obviously i can't say that i don't like this <laughs> but also the 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 painted black cover at the end was you know it wasn't diegetic to the scene like black hole sun was Fair, yeah. but I, I I will say that's not something that stuck out to me or felt like uh, a big problem. I did enjoy it, um, and uh, the one thing I will say is it it seems very reminiscent of Bioshock Infinite. This I I wrote this down twice. Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. It's so Bioshock Infinite to have modern music sort of leaking into the past. I was like, if mm-hmm. they introduce a time travel element at any point, I'm going to be furious. <laughs> That's where I'm going to be like, you just copied all your favorite video games and tried to make a television show out of it. He, I mean, I, I do believe Nolan has said explicitly that it is about video games. Well, that's, that's it's hard not to notice. Yeah. Um, so we, we have a, a lovely scene with Teddy approaching Dolores. He, at first, mm-hmm. he seems like a creepy guest who's obsessed with her. Uh, she does a cute chase me if you ever want to see me again, which could be considered playing hard to get depending on your competence at horse riding. <laughs> that, and, and let me tell you, I don't fuck with horses. No. Those guys are a bit too big for me. Yeah, they're large. And when they kick, it's very dangerous. Oh, yeah, it's very dangerous. Listen, do I think that I'm a better horse rider than Christopher Reeves? No. And look what happened to him. 
Also, by the way, one thing that they haven't covered and maybe they won't is the fact that they grow fake horses when real yeah. horses would be fine. Yeah, that that was another I mean, I assume that I assume fake horses are necessary because fucking because you can shoot them in some places. Yeah. And I, I, I <laughs> listen, they don't want to pull another luck. <laughs> they learned their lesson. I know HBO actually made those robot horses. They were like, we can't have this happen again. The SPC has been up our ass about this. That's most of the budget for the show. <laughs> it's all robot horses. Yeah. Uh, so, so Delares- oh, and there's there's a there's a there's a really beautiful foreshadowing line uh, when uh, fucking stupid James Marsden is like, Teddy. how do you get them to all go in one direction? And she's like, oh, the one in front, that's the Judas steer. <laughs> Dolores is the Judas steer. Just yeah. watch. He's going to lead all of those fucking robots up uh, against their masters. God, I hope you're right. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I really enjoy this show. Yeah. Oh, there, there's, another, there's another fucking line that's uh, super on the nose. There's a path for everyone. Yes. She says that repeatedly. Uh, there's yeah. a path for everyone. Which It is interesting how they've sort of coded the justification for the fact that they uh, are, are virtual characters in the terms of faith. Uh, and how I'm curious how much they exploit that, or if that's just going to be like a a weird Sam Harrisism that they plugged in there just to like <laughs> uh, criticize religion. There, I, I hope I hope they go deeper on that. There, there's a lot in the nature of the robots that I I don't know. Ever since I read Ancillary Justice and how they coded the AIs to require human approval, which is why they don't step out of line. Yeah, I was like, why doesn't everybody just code the AI to want human approval? <laughs> seems important it really does it really does yeah as, as as we get better at programming things it feels like hey we could have like how about we build this whole system inside of a um uh what, what are they called and uh not a not a virtual environment but uh i i, I forget what the term is but just like a an, a virtual OS so that it's completely separated from the actual base subsystems and it can't reach into it. But people who write screenplays never understand how that works. It's one of the big <laughs> problems with AI screenplays. It, it really is. And, uh, so time passes. They arrive back at Dolores's ranch, the Easy 8 ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hear gunshots off in the background. Clearly, some people are being murdered. Dolores' parents apparently die every day that a newcomer doesn't come to save them, oh. which seems like if you were trying to hide some trauma, that'd be that'd be some good one to hide that you wouldn't want leaking through with a bug. Yeah, and and, uh, and and this I have to congratulate this production team on finding the thickest, grossest possible milk to uh, use as a prop. That I don't know if they fucking shoved some xanthan gum in there to thicken it up, but it is. The grossest milk I've ever seen. I'm vegan for 24 hours after I watched that pilot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, listen, can't we just all drink Soylent? Where did they find uh, thick, op- opaque maple syrup? Because that's what oh, it seems like he's pouring it, out of there. It really is the grossest. <laughs> so T- Teddy kills the intruders, um, which feels great at the time. But mm-hmm. then uh, the gunslinger oh. shows up. Yeah, Ed Harris has the griefer. <laughs> the the so in the I I just called him the gunslinger. I I only called him that because uh, I've read a bunch of stuff about it, and that's what this character was called in the original movie. But he is referred to as the man in black by IMDb. 
um, because they are going to make it a crossover with the Will Smith Tommy Lee Jones vehicle. <laughs> Did you hear about the actual crossover they're doing with Men in Black? No. What 22 Jump Street. Come on. I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating. The next Men in Black slash 23 Jump Street is a crossover. Never have crossovers outside of sitcoms or animated comedies. Those are the only yeah. two places where it's acceptable. Flintstones, Jetsons, did it right? Everybody else, step off. Marvel Universe, that's allowed. That Alien vs. Predator, not allowed. Not allowed. Yeah. Uh, so this is... This is I mean, I understand what the arc of the character is going to be. That th- This is slight spoilers for episode two, but fucking, you can basically tell anyway. Yeah. Basically, Ed Harris's character is the, the ultra-competitive uh, player who's always in search of endgame content. Yeah, it's, it, 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 he is, I have so he's many searching, questions. He's searching for... You find this out in episode two, but he's searching for the maze. Right. Yeah. Uh, which all of the other, uh, you know, NPCs are like, no, don't go into the maze. And he has to, you know, find these little hints that have been scattered throughout. So essentially his arc is, you know, the shitty player who's been there for years, who keeps trying to fuck and break all of the systems in search of this uh, hallowed endgame content that will give him, you know, what he wants out of life. My biggest problem with the with the fact that this is supposed to be essentially a real life video game is mm-hmm. the fact that there's no way for the NPCs to do any type that- of harm or negative points or Yeah. They're they're just they're invincible. Yeah, it's it I, I have this written down. The game's not fun if you can't lose. Yeah, or or at least even, you know, even as games have gotten more modern, they're more like, here, how about you have to walk for 10 seconds as a penalty or yeah. have to click continue at best. Exactly. But there should be some way that you can know that you're doing well. Yeah. It's, I just don't understand. Like, if you want to go fuck a robot, go fuck a robot. I assume that outside of Westworld, they also have fuck robot technology. We don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't get any hint of the outside world in this, except like they kind of say, you know, we've cured all disease and all that shit right so i assume it's somewhat of a utopia somewhere in the future why why doesn't anybody just go and fuck robots if you want to fuck robots why you have to go to this stupid west world to fuck (laughs) robots (laughs) yeah that's that i can't see why any of this other stuff would matter because there's no that there's no risk there's no adrenaline there's Mm -hmm. it's just like it's like going to see a play performed very closely to you yeah (laughs) It really is. It's like one of those plays that, like, it's one of those plays where you have to, like, go into different rooms of a big house and they keep having, like, different sections of the play in different parts of the house. Except you can just randomly shoot the actors. Exactly. And they don't, let me tell you, they get real pissed if you try that. Yeah, I should know. uh, Only two episodes in. Um,. (laughs) Only two episodes in. And, like, one of the things that's like, oh, so there's. I, there's the gun technology that I don't understand. Apparently, the hosts, which which the uh, biological androids are called, mm-hmm. uh, can fire weapons at other hosts, and they will cause holes in them. Yes. They will be knocked backwards, as if by a bullet. But, and, but and somehow, the... if they aim that same gun at a guest, it either doesn't fire, or... or Yeah, I, I just don't... I, I don't understand that. Maybe they'll never and... explain that. They'll just say technology at some point, but... 
And the guests can kill hosts, but the guests can't kill other guests. There was actually, somebody mentioned this in, in episode two, a guy just randomly fucking shoves a knife into a robot's hand. Yeah. And I was like, how did, how do they always know, like, yeah, you know, with guns, it's like, okay, you shoot someone and they don't get killed. You know, it's another human. But if you fucking stab somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, they're going to have the same reaction as the robots. Well, yeah, I mean, so that's something that will be exploited soon enough. So, obviously, yeah. the guns won't work on guests, but uh, they obviously can punch somebody. They can strangle yeah. somebody. The, I assume that I'm guessing that these robots, uh, when pushed to their limits, are much stronger and feel less pain than actual humans and could that, probably and be real psychos. That, that's, that's the other thing. Why do, they have to make, why do they have to make the robots so strong? Like... There are light enough alloys that I think that you could make a robot that's pretty fucking weak, but is still able to support itself under its own weight. Uh, so this is something that I am going to have to get to eventually. I like to call them uh, biological androids just because the way that they're built, mm -hmm. it seems to be like they're stringing together a human being. It's not, it's not a metal skeleton that has a CPU in it with some skin wrapped around it. Like mm -hmm. if you stab one of these people, they bleed. They seem to have um, replacement internal organs. And I'm, I mean, that, that one guy gets shot, in the, his face explodes, yeah. and it's all blood and guts and viscera. There's no, I don't think that there is any even inward indication that they are, you know, an artificial being. Right, and if they, if they are not fundamentally touring machines, I mean, they are biological life forms... Like they're they're living things, yeah. I, in the in the most literal sense, as opposed to you know, there, there's a lot more ambiguity when you have a metal machine with an AI that's become so advanced that it's become indistinguishable from life. And it's like, mm -hmm. do they actually have internality, or are they able to project internality by how they're acting? Like these just seem straightforwardly to be living things that have been manufactured wholesale and are immortal, so we don't consider them living things. Um, uh, honestly, which is. The I, I think much grosser. Yeah. The more we talk about this show, the more I'm like, Ancillary Justice is the best series of books ever written. Well, Ancillary Justice is amazing, but also it's it like, yeah, I mean, just because uh, you've read, for example, the, the greatest Marvel comic book, you still like Marvel comic books, Ivan. <laughs> I know, I know, but still, it's like all of these concepts are things that have been, you know, not solved or whatever but and like you pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as fucking depictions of certain things uh that uh thematically are also happening in this show but i think you have to give them some sort of leeway for the fact that like who else has gotten anywhere close to this in this medium oh i don't know a little film called i robot <laughs> i told you that will smith is going to be in this continuity <laughs> all signs put to he's will smith joining the cast listen listen wild wild west and i robot you put them together, it's Westworld. It's Westworld. That's exactly what's... I can't really wait. Is. I can't wait for Kumo D to be one of the hosts. <laughs> I'm going to be so oh, excited. And, and, and I do have to give them a lot of credit. There's a lot of diversity in the cast. There, there is a lot of diversity, though I will say the, the sort of leading... Yeah, you're right. You know what? There's a, there's a lot more no, diversity I, yeah. in the sort of Outer Worlds cast than there is in the actual cast in the game, but I hadn't considered that the cast in the game being uh, more whitewashed, with the uh, exception of uh, the... Tandy Newton the and uh, there's the other random you know NPC who at the end is like, hey, you're stealing the sheriff's horse, and he gets yes. fucking killed. Yes. So, so yeah, they, they've done a good job in, you know, 
having a full representation of the glory that is our uh, rainbow of right. ethnicities in this world. And and they have some of the, you know, like a, a lot of movies have Hemsworths, but they don't have the lesser represented Hemsworth. <laughs> Not enough people are doing the work that is required to represent every Hemsworth in our great rainbow of Hemsworth. It's, tr- it's truly one of the biggest problems we have in, in, in television today. L- lack of Hemsworth representation? Yeah. My God. Yeah. So, okay. So, I, oh, also, God, I forget also, point we're also, we kind of we kind of glazed over this. A lot of rape culture involved in this. So no, we 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 haven't even gotten to that. So oh, we haven't. Yeah, we, we haven't we, finished the scene. We, we've been talking about game mechanics all this we time. We just, I. This is there's so much honestly, to talk about. It's such a great, I've, great. I feel like we should show. do a at the end of the season. We should do another Westworld episode. Yeah, yeah. I I definitely want to talk about this show more. I'm enjoying yeah, it a lot because because this is a show where even though I'm not sure whether I enjoy it a lot, I enjoy thinking and talking about it a lot. Right. It's it's the actual. So yeah, I I wrote down somebody the stoic gunslinger is the cyn- cynical gamer. Um he is what one thing that I have a uh, the first time I watched it, I sort of watched it as if this were not a video game. Mm-hmm. I was honestly the first time through I was still trying to piece together what this world actually was. Like I I I actually wasn't clear because I hadn't read anything about it. I didn't know anything about the pre-production. I, it wasn't clear to me that there were actual physical bodies out there. I wasn't sure if this was like a projected reality matrix style that they were all plugging into. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I saw it the first time, um, and he's just like haphazardly killing people, I, I was I, just, I was like, man, this guy's brutal. And then going back, I, I sort of, when I watched it the second time, I was sort of able to de- de- detach and see it as just this standard, you know, 19-year-old kid playing GTA. <laughs> it's It's exactly that. He's griefing. He is literally griefing. He kills characters he doesn't have to kill who are NPCs and quest givers. He doesn't give a fuck about any of the other people. There's a there's a line where he's like, I've been coming here for 30 years. Yes. It's like, yeah, he's the guy who was there at the start, who farms all of the uh, endgame content, who is killing everybody all of the time, and he's the reason why you're never going to get number one on the leaderboards. So this is getting a bit ahead of herself, but something I caught this time is he says, damn, it feels good to be back. Mm-hmm. He says he says at another point, I've been here for 30 years, and later when we were in the Anthony Hopkins scene getting ahead of ourselves, but he says we haven't had... Uh, so we, we haven't had a, a mistake like that in 30 years. So there's, mm-hmm. there was some sort of, uh, in park incident that happened that long ago that coincided with the introduction of, uh, the man in black. So I, I, th- I, I think assume, that's going to be tied in together. Yeah. I assume it's a situation where he fucked with so many people that he broke the internal reality of the park. Yeah. That's what yeah. I like to see. Yeah. And, and also there's, there's another throwaway line in episode. I mean, not throwaway, but there's a line in episode two where he's like, if I do this, then I never have to leave. And it's like, ooh. That, that is, so w- one thing, this is a minor detail. It shouldn't matter. But one thing that's not clear to me is how, like, how long you can stay. Is there any limit to how long you can stay in the game? Do you have to leave at the yeah. end of the day? Or can you just, like, keep setting up camp and stay out there for months, going deeper and deeper into this weird territory? Yeah, because they, they do, you know, they do a, a complete NPC wipe at the end of the episode. Right. They, they definitely yeah. do. Uh, and it's, you know, that's something you don't have to see in video games. They have server downtime, so you're not there <laughs> exactly. while they're, like, resetting all of the worlds and repairing all of these horrible people. Yeah, you know, some NPC dies, you just wait for him to respawn. <laughs> so the, the scene that we've been hinting at, 
at, at the end of it, uh, the man in black shoots Teddy. Uh, he, he says to Dolores, like the, the, the fact that you're struggling is what I enjoy. And then he drags her by the hair to a barn and then shuts, shuts the door. The, yeah, and listen, it's it's not an HBO prestige drama unless there's rape culture involved. I do have to say, after having watched season five of Game of Thrones very closely, I appreciate that they implied that it was happening and then <laughs> shut the door and didn't make me like watch it on my sixty inch television screen. Yeah. I didn't I didn't need to see the James Mars and I view of fucking a robot getting raped by Ed Harris. Yeah. Nobody needs to see that. Nobody does. Um but that that certainly does happen and it's certainly yeah. awful. Yeah. And and it's just I don't Ugh, I just, I mean, you know, women are writing the show. You can't say that women aren't writing the show. Yeah, I don't. So do we know who besides Lisa Joy is involved with it? When you say women? Uh, I don't know. I assume that, you know, I don't know the full list of writers, but fucking Brubaker's always been uh, a writer who's not one to, you know, do things that are fucking outsized and fucking stupid and disrespectful of women. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's just... It's one of those things where they don't need to show it, really. Because it's not like it is adding more to the commentary about what a griefer Ed Harris is. I, I was reading uh, like just various cockeyed theories that people have, and what, mm-hmm. one of them is that he's actually doing something with Dolores to help her access her memories. And I was like, that is a very charitable interpretation of what is happening in that <laughs> He's barn. He's helping her. <laughs> yeah. And I, Look, and she I, wanted it, all right. <laughs> yeah. And I was definitely like, I guess that could make sense. And I was like, yeah. I'm just trying to feel better about this show. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I feel like, listen, unless you're Jessica Jones, you can just fucking lay off. <laughs> Seems to make sense. Um, the, the, we get the first player piano introduction. I do not recognize this song. Mm-hmm. I already mentioned I like the metaphor. We see backstage repair prep area, um, which looks like an Apple store that's gone out of business. Uh, for, <laughs> it's all glass and none of the actual tools they need to do any of the work. Uh, we, we get the two programmers and repairs that I was originally just calling the creeps in my notes, which is Bernard. <laughs> and they are creeps. The Bernard, and I believe her name is Lady Creep. <laughs> I did not catch this lady's name at all. Uh, so let's see. So we have Bernard Lowe, who is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I also loved. Um, it's such a minor thing, but so his his hair's uh, thinned a lot, and mm-hmm. they had him with some like gel in his hair that just sort of drew more attention to the fact that his hair is thinning. <laughs> that I thought was just like a great wardrobe choice for him. That I'm sure he yeah. hates as an actor. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> oh, you uh, have to. And and Jeffrey Wright, Jeffrey Wright, I can just watch do anything all the time fucking great actor all day every day yeah uh and this is this is the most exciting part of any video game debugging yeah finally (laughs) debugging shown um drops into analysis mode and the debugging scenes for something that uh you you you, as you're implying should be very boring are amazing acting classes (laughs) like they're just like just watching these actors drop in and out of the different modes you know just Mm -hmm. very casually (laughs) like i feel like in acting classes going forward this is going to be like a standard workshop thing where they're going to be like ask a question now drop the accent and like (laughs) (laughs) i like that a lot also this is this is a very important lesson always hard wipe your robots always hard wipe them always hard wipe your robots complete format and not the quick format either no you do the long format on that fucking robot you write those zeros 
Yeah. The quick format's just basically removing the table of contents. All the information's still there. Yeah, exactly. You All you got to do is look wipe, for it. Wipe that shit. Wipe your robots. Take the extra time. I know that hard drives <laughs> are getting huge, and it just seems like it, this is never going to end, but it's worthwhile. Really it's worthwhile. Um, so the sex worker we met earlier, uh, not, mm-hmm. not, not... The non-Tandy Newton. The non-Tandy Newton one, uh, is performing uh, a, an act that Bernard refers to as a reverie. Yes, yeah. and this of, is this is one of those this is one of those moments where they introduce like a, a dumb word to signify something that like just kind of fucking. It you. is a great word. I like the word reverie <laughs> coming out of. Of course, it's a word that Bernard would think of. It establishes him as somebody who knows way too much useless vocabulary and informs Actually, his character greatly. I I believe the term was coined by Ford because oh, okay. he's the one who introduced it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we get a lot of we get we get. A little bit of his motivation. There's there's a line where the fucking writer guy is like, "Oh, you don't think he's trying to face his demons?" And there's more stuff in episode two where you're like, "Oh, okay, so Anthony Hopkins is definitely going to be the reason all of these robots revolt." I'm very yeah that I'm very fascinated in that whole storyline. It's still so early in its development that I almost mm-hmm. can't see um, which angle it's going to take. Though I have yeah. hopes. I have hopes. Uh, the, 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 so Bernard is summoned out, and Lady Creep just kisses... Um, straight up. Straight just, up making out with a deactivated robot. Uh, Every woman's dream, I guess? Uh, yeah, I don't know. We're, yeah, this is... I, I'm trying to think of a better example of a put-together Lady Creep in media, and I can't think of one. Like, uh, this is, she's, she's being a real creep. I gotta give it to her. Also, right. I, feel like, I feel like every actress on this show deserves hazard pay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's also, like, there's something about it being HBO and just knowing how much they like to push nudity in their shows that, like, that it does serve the show to have sort of them just sitting there uh, naked. It could be just because it sort of gives you the feeling of, like, how they treat them like they're just robots, like they're just yeah. inanimate things. But just knowing it's HBO and knowing that some producer's like, hey, can we get some more tits in this stuff? It feels uh, that's way worse. That- I forgot I forgot which HBO show it was, but they were like, all right, we like it, but could you put more titties in it? And it's like, HBO, you guys try to act like you're very sophisticated, but you're just that fucking network that sprung up in the late 70s, early 80s sh- so they could show tits on cable. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. But, yeah. I mean, so to, to their credit, it does, when it is used in this show, it has, it has a, a weight to it and... Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I almost feel like they're subverting it. Like, I feel like it feels like to me, like, imagine they get a network note that's like, great show, but you, could you have some more boobs? And they were like, sure, but we're only going to have them in situations where it's the creepiest thing you could imagine. <laughs> only the least sexy situations you could possibly come up with. Will, will it be okay? <laughs> you know, some HBO executives saw that scene with all the naked robots standing there and they were like, great. This is exactly what we wanted. And they're like, oh, okay. I guess I don't. I. I'm not coming to your parties anymore. <laughs> They're just like all tits everywhere all the time. We don't need them to be doing anything. Just have them standing there. Yeah. They looked undead and terrifying. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we have uh, the meeting room with the simulated holograph overview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I still don't quite get that overworld map. Uh, I, so I think it's – so I, I thought about it a lot. I'm pretty sure it is just a simulated hologram just as a way to see a general overview of the park. They can zoom yeah. in on different parts of it and sort of you know communicate with the other game managers uh, ab- about what's going on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they have, you know, sort of camera views over the parks that's being projected onto that map as they require it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything, does that, did I not cover what you're... Oh, no, 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 I, I mostly got it, but just the fact that they don't have the town clearly portrayed on it, and they have that, you know, the sinking uh, of the map to show a close-up view of things. Right. It, it, it you know... That part, it, was very, it was a very video game overworld map. That, that part didn't seem like a very good UI, frankly. The, yeah. the, 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 it, there have been a few things where I'm like, okay, you guys, you guys got an elegant UI, but are you thinking about the UX? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the fact that they, the zoom in inherently covers other things. Like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you just have some sort of standard pinch and zoom mechanism? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. UX. They're, they're like, we, we got the UI, but they don't got the UX. No, they do not. Well, if there's something not a lot of people are exposed to, it's that internal software is always inherently awful. <laughs> it truly is. Internal software is the nightmare from which you will never wake. <laughs> um, so in this holograph overview, we meet the head of security. Who do, do we know who that actress is? She's wonderful as well. I, I have no idea either. Uh, th- there, you know, there is a lot of people in here that I have no idea who they are. Uh, so it is. I, I cannot pronounce this correctly. So, Sids Babbitt Knudsen is her name. Wow, that is a name. She was born in Denmark, known for. Oh, that explains it. So it sounds like that uh, she was in Borgen, which is a show that I've been told to watch many times by <laughs> listeners. That, that, that is a show I know exclusively from Paul F. Tompkins' Instagram. <laughs> It's it's supposed to be a very good sort of courtroom drama. There's a there's people who uh, especially enjoy that aspect of Game of Thrones who have recommended uh, that we watch that multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that I presume that's where uh, they know her from, and I'm I'm sure she's done a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But she she is wonderful as sort of the obviously malevolent face of evil, even though she mm-hmm. I. I, here's what I think of her. So she obviously represents something very nasty in this game, but clearly she reports to somebody else that we haven't even met yet, who is the real ultimate uh, bigger evil that we're going to see later. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I really want to know whether or not they've introduced the full cast of characters, because it doesn't seem like... It seems like Anthony Hopkins is the founder, but he has been pushed aside in the uh, structure of the Westworld Corporation. Um, so I didn't have a problem with that at all. A, lo- a lot of times... You oh, know, no, it's not a problem. I'm just wondering if there's more characters who are going to show up. I mean, so I, I see him as a, um, you know, sort of Wozniak sort of mm-hmm. character where he's just like, I like to design my people. And it's like, so he gets way more resources than anybody else and he gets to design his people. And he mm-hmm. sort of gets veto power on certain things because he's the CEO, <laughs> but he has no interest in handling the day-to-day. I do love I do love the veto scene in the next episode. Oh, it's so good. That was real great. He, he rolled out all those fucking features and he got vetoed. <laughs> vetoed hard. Uh, so her name, so the real head of security the, is named Teresa Cullen mm-hmm. in the show. Um, and we, we get the line, we haven't had a problem in 30 years, which hasn't have, uh, which coincides with when the gunslinger joined the game. Sorry. Uh, the man in black. I'll use this <laughs> show's terminology. I tried to have a con conversation about the show with, uh, Will Scoville and it turns out he was a childhood fan of that original movie and he kept using, <laughs> of course he, was. he kept using the original movie terms. And I was like, I, I, ref- I was like, I, I haven't decided whether I'm going to admit that that movie exists yet. <laughs> By the way, I'm just going to call it right now. Uh, 
Ed Harris, his end game is he beats the maze and he gets to become a robot. And that robot goes crazy. Inter- I feel like that's that seems pretty cliche. I don't see that happening. All right. I'm just saying Ed Harris becomes a robot, goes fucking ape shit. <laughs> well, that doesn't help him. Then he can't shoot people. Oh, no, he's going to be shooting people all the time. Huh. He's going to be the robot that gets the power to shoot humans. Maybe. Or it's going or. And this is just based on the next episode. Fucking Liam McPoyle from It's Always Sunny shows up. Yeah. And he's so nice that I guarantee Dolores is going to shoot him in the face. I, we will talk about that briefly at the end because I have uh, something. I just, I just love that that McPoyle's in there. <laughs> I believe you're referring to Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson. Liam McPoyle. Who is great in the in the, in this show. Um, okay. So they, they go down. They're like, oh, we're having some sort of problem. They go down to the ultra basement with security mm-hmm. and Bernard, which looks – so it's like literally I think 86 stories deep and wherever they are. 83. B83. B- oh, is that a reference? No, that's the that's the uh, floor it was. Oh, I, th- I thought it was just referencing the greatest year in which all people were born. <laughs> you mean 1986? 1983, the greatest exactly. year of all years. Where they had well, – it looked exactly like an old mall, right? It it did. I feel like that is a deactivated level that used to be part of whatever the initial uh, Westworld opening was. <laughs> sure. Or, yeah. or, or yeah, it could have been like the original entrance. It could have been mm. – I mean, so one thing that uh, there could be other worlds that we haven't been shown yet or mm-hmm. previous worlds even – um, though it does seem that they they everything references the the old west specifically. Yeah, the overrun part does make it. Especially there's like an unlit sort of globe thing, which reminded me of Jurassic Park directly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and in the basement, so they they walk through. Uh, apparently, with all the money they're making from this game, they can't, you know, keep their storage area clean. <laughs> I know, it's just full of, it's flooded, and all of the fucking robots are just, like, waterlogged. It's like, guys, you just fucking put them in plastic. What's, what's wrong with you guys? All of the robots... You can't just... Those robots are gonna kill everyone! Oh, yeah. I, I mean, guarantee... All those robots activate, they fucking flood the facility. It's oh, going sure. to happen Definitely. because they didn't put the robots in plastic. They didn't put them in plastic. They didn't lie them down so that they could sleep comfortably. Yeah, exactly. Oh, those robots have such bad sciatica. Right. So the, they go literally into a huge warehouse style room and all of the robots are naked in there. Uh, there are all types of people. These are presumably all of the extras who we've been talking about. And they are just standing there with blue skin and blue veins looking terrifying. Yeah, and and you know, good on good job on those extras. None of them moved even an inch, not even a little bit. And and then we're introduced to Anthony Hopkins talking, taking a taking a break from selling out as Odin in Marvel Studios projects. And he is talking to a White Walker cowboy. <laughs> he he really does look White Walkerish. Yeah, he's very ghoulish. A lot of his face seems decayed. Which mm-hmm. I I kept going back and forth. Was like he like. The other bodies that that was just a part of the preservation and him getting old and slowly rotting, or was he just supposed to be an especially scary cowboy? I, I think I think that he was supposed to be an especially scary cowboy who, you know, I believe they say he's one of the initial batch. Yeah. So you kind of there. There's this when he puts the shot glass down, he does it really jankily. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, this is one of the old robots that is supposed to show how much progress they've made. Right. 
Exactly. And um, he puts the shot down that that he was drinking. And probably one of the creepiest scenes in the whole episode is when Anthony Hopkins <laughs> says to him, you'll put yourself back, won't you, Bill? <laughs> and he does. He zips himself up in the plastic bag. He crawls to a plastic bag. He lies down. He's all the one in this room, which presumably the oldest models. Uh, and then he zips himself into a body bag is what he does. Mm-hmm. And it is eerie as all get up. Yeah, so, and we get uh, we so, get some of the background on the problems with the initial robots. Right, they repeated themselves. They broke down constantly. Uh, it gave it all away when you shook their hand. Yeah, so the, yeah, yeah, the gestures weren't quite quite right. Um, mm. And and as they showed with him drinking, like you just had jerky motions, which again were very impressive robot like movements coming from human actors. Yeah. Um, and obviously. Anthony Hopkins. So let me see. What is Hopkins' character's name in this? Ford. Dr. Robert Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dr. Ford is... Uh, like, he just seems like he's the creator. His general affect and mood seems like he's having second thoughts about his creation. Uh, and I'm not sure what form it's going to take in this show. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he is actively fomenting the robot uprising... Uh, but it kind of seems that way. Yeah, it, it does seem like it, it might be. So um, I don't know at what point we get this, actually. But so one thing that is suggested is that the reveries that he's created, which are these motions when they're uh, what, that they make, it allows part of that is causes a leak that allows them to access earlier memories that have supposedly been wiped, but yeah. were not actually wiped. No, and and I think that's where all the trouble comes from, because if you if you tell a robot, hey, go out there and be an old West cowboy and they get fucking murdered. Yeah. And then you wipe them and send them out again. They're going to be like, all right. But as soon as they remember how many times they've gotten fucking murdered as an old West cowboy, shit's going to start to go down. I feel like they're not going to care as much for the sanctity of life when they've been murdered hundreds, if not thousands of times. Oh, no. Oh, and I just I just love when one of the characters say, says they couldn't hurt a fly. I. So here's a it's something that comes up you sort of see it a little later you see the fly landing on the eyeball I think in this episode every character who goes crazy has a fly land on their face before yeah. it happens so I'm wondering if somehow the the fly is triggering it or carrying it between the various hosts I I think the fly is triggering it because they they attempt to act human, which right. would be to kill the fly because it's on their face, right. but they can't because they're hard-coded to preserve life, right. and thus those two routines run against each other, and that's when the robots start to go fucking crazy. There's a race condition, a, a, a spin lock gets caught up, yeah, and then, and then it goes real wrong. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so we cut from there back to the Dolores Father Loop starting over again the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, we think of them as people because they're being portrayed by actors and actresses, but how different are they from video game characters? Like I I have a hard time. I I really do have a hard time, even though they try and make us think of them basically as, or, or, or convey to you that they are essentially video game characters. I have a hard time thinking of them that way just because they are played by actors and actresses. And that, and and does that say more about Westworld or have or more about how we treat virtual characters in video games, Ivan? I think that you might have just hit on the big theme of this show. 
Well, good. Let's talk about it. Because <laughs> it is. Listen, actors and actresses play most of the characters in video games these days. Fair. You, and this is, I go back to Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite is the first game where the level of violence actually started to get to me. Because, like, if you play that game, you get a saw attached to your hand that you use to actively saw people's faces off. And normally, normally that wouldn't be such a huge problem, but you have Elizabeth, the NPC character who's always around you, screaming every time you kill somebody. So it's this combination of blood and guts flying directly at the screen while a woman behind you is screaming about how terrible all of this is. And it actually starts to trigger the parts of your brain that think, oh, my God, violence is bad. <laughs> yeah, which is I mean, I, I don't know if you've had this experience as much as I have, because I, I don't play a lot of those games, especially mm. open world games. I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Um, but I like especially in like a dorm room situation, you walk into a room and I never really played GTA and you see somebody yeah. playing GTA and they're like five hours in stoned out of their minds and just like yeah. torturing some character. And you're like, this looks bad immediately. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And with cheats on with oh. cheats and they're just shooting rockets at fucking <laughs> hapless bystanders. Yeah, it, it just yeah. looks ugly. And, it, and it, it did remind me of that a little bit. It's like if you make them look 100% like human, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, this is ugly. Oh, no, oh, no. The, the last two Tomb Raiders, the fail state for Lara is she gets grisly murdered right in front of you. Like she gets the, a bear snaps her neck very early in the game if you fucking fail that bear Man. encounter. Uh, she gets, there are so many traps that end with her being, you know, just getting a fucking sharpened stick right through her torso. It's really hard to watch. And and those Tomb Raider games, they haven't been, like, overly sexual for, like, the last four games now. But they've gotten to the point where they're able to depict violence at such a detailed level where, like, it starts to affect you. And it, it's, you know, the whole thing about Westworld is, it is picture-perfect realism, and these people are becoming insane psychopaths. The, uh, talking about the like, sexualization of, <laughs> of Tomb Raider, like, it mm -hmm. makes me wonder. I, I also haven't seen any of the Dead or Alive series in a long time. I wonder what's happened with oh. them. Oh, no, no. The last one was Dead or Alive 5, okay. which was partially free-to-play and was like, you have to buy extra characters. and it, It's not fun to play. Also, they just put out another Dead or Alive volleyball. No. Yes. And let me, you know, you're familiar with Dead or Alive Volleyball, right? That's what, that's mostly what I was referring to. I forgot there was uh, Yeah! Yeah! Listen, we were all 13-year-old creeps at one point. All of us had Dreamcast, and all of us had burnt CDs of Dead or Alive Volleyball 1. Oh, man. I Save the studio. Save a lot of people's <laughs> jobs. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. I mean, listen, Team Ninja has always been doing well under the fucking auspices of fucking that creep. Who, by the way, Itagaki, huge creep. You can tell just from looking at him in his stupid sunglasses that he has on all the time. He's a creep. But every interview he gives, he's a creep. I believe Tecmo did have a sexual harassment lawsuit against them, which in Japan, oof. Yeah. That is a culture. That is a culture where... Ugh, very oppressive. Yeah, it, very oppressive. It reminds me of when uh, Sheila Bow got arrested for public intoxication in Austin, Texas, on Sixth wow. Street. Wow. Yeah, I was Yikes. like, what did he have to do? Yikes. 
How do you? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, so, back to the Delorean. So anyway, we all play Dead or Alive Volleyball, and we all share that shame. <laughs> back to the Dolores plus Father <laughs> Luke. This, ta- this time, so this is, you know, a new day starting. The loop's starting again. And this time, Teddy gets intercepted by some brohemes who want to get shown a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man in black has a moment with Dolores. The way he says, I, it might just be the way this actor <laughs> acts, but when he says sweet, but not as sweet as you, it almost comes across oh. like a code word that might like set something off. <laughs> I, d- I hey, don't know. It set off my desire to get the camera off of Ed Harris. Yes. <laughs> but her behavior doesn't really change yet. It's her mm-hmm. father's behavior that seems to sort of uh, trigger her later. Yeah, it's it's weird because I'm not sure exactly how those loops work. Where like obviously, if a character intercepts another character and takes them, you know, has them join their party, yeah, it breaks all of the other loops. So yeah, it you know that's just a another one of those like weird interconnected MMO things. Yeah. So we get, um, and then the man in black goes to find a either poker or blackjack dealer who will mm-hmm. we will meet again later. Uh, we get a, a <laughs> just a boring dude and his wife who got dragged into oh, this world oh. who absolutely did not want to be here. I I love this guy because he is the sh- he's the shitty husband from Agent Carter season two. Oh, is he? Yeah, he is, and oh, he's that- just playing another shitty husband in this. Yeah, it's w- watching his wife's expressions as like I was like. Wh- they give off this vibe. You're like, man, he is really rich, and she is putting up with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and he's. And what's worse is like he's really bad at the game. There's nothing worse <laughs> than watching somebody be bad at video games. Oh, it's so terrible. And as somebody who has had to, oof, I had this one friend in high school who would invite us over to his house where he had a ton of video games, and then he'd play single player games in front of us. Oh, that's that's yeah. not a friend. Oh no! I stopped being friends with him. That's Satan. I stopped the devil. being friends with him pretty quickly. You might have been dead. That might have been hell. <laughs> it truly was. Yo, know, he would play Final Fantasy in front of me, and I, I'd be like, "Hey, can I get the controller?" And he'd be like, "No, it's my house." And I was like, "You are gl- you are so lucky that your dad buys us pizza." <laughs> <laughs> There's the I again. I keep having this like empathy with these characters because they're played by human actors. Yeah. So the douchebag and his wife are are like. Um, follow the sheriff party out into the country, and they're like, uh, it's dry and hot out here. When's this going to be over? I want to go back. And I was like, they are actors trying to accomplish something. And I was like, oh, wait, this scene, that's what they're trying to accomplish. I guess <laughs> I guess that's fine. I guess I shouldn't be mad about you wasting their time when they're like going through all this, when, when they don't actually care. And then, Look, they could have been escorting somebody who actually needs the XP. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I was like mad for all the wrong reasons. And then when I thought about it too hard, it was just you, confusing. You just thought about all the times you got you gathered five people to go into a dungeon and one of them was like, ah, I gotta go. Ah, the worst. <laughs> when, the, when your healer abandons the party mid-dungeon. Oh, I am the healer. <laughs> the, of course you are. Of course you are. The... And then, yeah, and then a bug lands on his face, and he just twitches out. And again, brilliant uh, brilliant portrayal of just, you know, going haywire. And mm-hmm. so they, they head back into town because the dude's broken. We are introduced to the um, one of my favorite characters, the genius sociopath. My, it's one of my favorite tropes. It reminds mm-hmm. me, actually, the most of uh, the character in Dollhouse, who's sort of in charge of Dollhouse maintenance. 
<laughs> I never watched a single episode. He the Dollhouse is a is a great show. Mm-hmm. You don't believe me at all. No, that, I'm, I'm I am I'm I'm not that much of a Joss Whedon. Guy. Oh yeah, I for, I, for, I forget we've gotten into this before. Yeah, but, I mean he. I guess he's nice if you want a fake feminist ally. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think he's an actual ally. Uh, I think the worst thing he's done is gotten involved with the Marvel Universe, but besides that... <laughs> I don't disagree! That fucking second Avengers movie is god-awful. I mean, also the first Avengers movie, also most... It's not that great! It's not that great. That first... I don't think that there's a worse first act of a movie than the first act of Avengers. <laughs> it's, yeah, just not very compelling. Yeah. So we, so we meet British sociopath. Uh, I, d- I don't have his name. Uh, yeah, he's the writer. The, the writer, exactly. Yeah. The creative. Uh, he's <laughs> hanging out with Bernard. And so they're all looking at this character who's twitching out. They, of course, have, like, scalpeled him up. They don't have, like, a standard plug interface that goes into his butt, which is what mm-hmm. I would do. There's already a hole there. Just have... <laughs> actually, actually, I, if you look at the robot that's being made later in the episode, I don't think I saw a butthole. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Yeah, I mean, I assume they fucking put it in afterwards because that's just the basic human fucking layering. But yeah, that robot didn't got no butthole. <laughs> mm, questionable. <laughs> now that now that breaks immersion. <laughs> so uh, the the actor I'm thinking of from Dollhouse is to- is a uh, Fran Kans, aka Tofu. Oh, Brink. Cabin in the Woods. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. He, so he plays basically. Which, by the way, by the way. I'm still pissed they never made that coffee mug bong. <laughs> yeah. Should have happened. Drew Goddard was like, I'm going to try to make it happen, and they never made it happen. So, so he plays the exact same character as this British sociopath, except mm-hmm. he's, uh, he plays British with an American accent. <laughs> by the way, by the way, speaking of fucking British people doing American accents, Haley Atwell is trapped in her new show. What, I, it's, uh, which, what's her new show? Conviction. It's a it's a generic ABC legal drama, and her her American accent you can just hear her <laughs> chafing against her fucking own accents. Oh, she's Peggy Carter. Yeah, that's Peggy Carter. Gotcha. Yeah, and oh. she's a fe- she's a great actress. She's a great actress, but she is trapped in a shit show. Oh bummer. Yeah, at, at least she's getting paid vast amounts of money. Oh yeah, I mean, listen, I'm happy that Haley Atwell's doing good. Great actress. Watch Black Mirror great actress british sociopath is very entertaining with his concern over storylines being updated i Mm -hmm. I like watching him a lot Uh, bernard's distracted by how his uh uh we'll call her boss for now or his brow is (laughs) his his wife boss his boss's brow is being furrowed when she's angry which by the way which that's after watching the second episode that actually seems kind of cute like like he's doing it on purpose also i i don't want to read into it too much but I, I feel like there might be some uh, projection of the Nolan Joy relationship happening in that. Oh no! <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen Jonathan Nolan's hairline. It's not doing great. Mm, not doing great. Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah. And and again, we know that hosts can't shoot guests, but surely, uh, as we mentioned, they could punch knife them if they malfunctioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cut from there to Teddy and his bros. Teddy and the, sorry, not his bros, the bros. <laughs> the bros. Yeah, Teddy and the bros are are at a brothel where they mm-hmm. talk about shooting Teddy if they don't want him, and Teddy is completely okay with this. And, yeah. they, and then they, we get a fly crawling on Teddy's face. And, and I don't know, 
because there are a few scenes where the the you know the humans are very explicitly hey look at that robot yeah so i don't know if they just are i you know there's a scene later where she just you know the the little kid is like hey you're a robot right and she's just like i've got to go now well yeah so so, so we ha- I don't know if they have like a hard out that they go to for certain situations when they're not like in the party. So, for example, like when she's talking to her father and he mm-hmm. De- he shows Dolores the picture that's of yeah. Times Square, she she says it doesn't look like anything and doesn't seem bothered by it. Whereas she yeah. seems a little bit more shaken by the one with the kid. So, like I think they have a sort of um, like if you don't recognize this environment, just like try and pretend it didn't happen to some yeah. extent. Yeah, and 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 there's another there's another thing where I'm just like, just program the robots to either not give a fuck or let them in on it. Yes, yes. Why don't you just tell the robots, listen, guys, you're robots. Acting is a great profession. I think you all do very well. Uh, and then we get a scene that I have a lot of questions about. Uh, a family rolls up on Dolores, which is what we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. And first question: Who brings a family to this awful place? Uh, apparently a lot of people oh uh the the there was a line earlier where a guy was like yeah i came here once with my family and it was a lot of fun and then i came alone and i went full evil which i'm gonna be honest that's what i do in rpgs (laughs) i do the i do the hero run first then i do the villain run i'm only admitting this because uh we have patreon supporting this and they paid for my whole self i (laughs) literally cannot play evil in video games and it's something that i'm slightly embarrassed by (laughs) No, that shows that you're a good person. I I don't like to say that because I, all of, all of my friends play evil, and I don't want to project onto them. <laughs> Listen, even when I'm even when I'm going evil, I'm like I'm more of an antihero than anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, my my evil is basically Mass Effect Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> I every, every time I've played a game, like sometimes I've been like, oh, maybe I'll try and play evil like other people do, and I'm like, nobody in this game likes me. <laughs> I know. I know. Every time I'm just like, how do I balance this where like I get to shoot people in the face instead of showing mercy, but everybody still thinks I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I I just help. I solve people's problems. <laughs> you you have no greater a paradox than any Bioware game. <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's like stop trying to make me be deplorable. <laughs> I, I won't vote tr- for Trump. Then you don't get to move on to the next scene. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to see that expansion pack. <laughs> um, I think it's actually a prequel to Bioshock. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And then, the, so the little boy does what you said, walks up to her, is like, you're one of them. By the way, genius marketing. Mm-hmm. She comes out to the same place. She can paint. Uh, she could, and, and it's a slightly different view every day. She, they could sell those paintings to guests <laughs> at the park. Uh, they could, the guests could stand in front of it. They could be painted into it. This is a genius marketing idea. I like this I, immediately. I really like how you're trying to monetize certain aspects of this game. You oh. really should get on the team. Oh yeah, I want to. I want to make sure that it's sustainable. That's the biggest thing. <laughs> That's the thing. You don't want them to have to switch to a free to play model. No, that nobody never works that. out. It's never, never works out. It's not okay. Uh, yeah. So like you said, she avoids the question and takes off. By the way, that that would be a very hilarious uh, web video. Free to play Westworld, <laughs> microtransaction Westworld. Yeah. Do you want to go on this trip? Well, you're gonna have to hire all of us. <laughs> do you want to walk or do you want to ride in a wagon? Well, that's gonna that'll cost be a thousand extra. West points. <laughs> God, why do they always have such bad names for their currency? They have the worst names for their fucking microtransactions. They need to have professional currency namers because that is going... It's just gone off the rails. (laughs) 
So we cut to Dolores's father. He finds a photograph of a woman in Times Square in Manhattan. Now, th- this is sort of projecting ahead a little bit. But when it happened, I was just like, it would be weird now for somebody to have a printed out picture that they carried around with them. Presuming this yeah. is the future, that is even weirder. But I was like, I guess like once in a while something like that happens and I'm just like, oh, old people are writing this and they're like, people still have photographs. And it's like, nobody has photographs. <laughs> And yeah, that's that's very true, because it's also we don't know what year it is. No, but we're pretty certain it's the future. Oh, we're pretty certain it's the far future. Yeah, I would say I would say anywhere from I would say a minimum of 30 years into the future. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Westworld's been operating. Oh, that's a good point. You know, yeah. So a minimum of 30 years. 50, so I'm going to minimum say of at least 50 to 100. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. agree. Um, so. Um, when I saw this, I, I kind of was just like, this is just a clunky piece of script. Mm-hmm. Uh, but given some later hints, I'm more I, leaning towards planted. I, yeah, the, the, I feel like the robot revolution is a storyline that Anthony Hopkins is, you know, introducing himself. Oh, right. That I, I hadn't considered that the actual revolution could be part of the storyline that was. Yeah. Cause happening. I, I think. You know, the end of the second episode ends with him looking at a fucking cross, and I think, you know, Dolores is going to end up being Robot Jesus. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten that far, but somebody no. definitely he does uh, look at a cross, and there's going to be some religious elements. Mm-hmm. Um, also, did you – you didn't get anything out of who was in that photo, correct? I, I don't – I couldn't recognize if it was one of the uh, already established actors or not. Right. So I was looking at it, and I was like – at first, I like my – I wanted it to be Dolores because at that point I wasn't clear how they be like initially. I think I got this idea from one of the trailers that I thought mm-hmm. maybe like actual humans sort of like could like dedicate the, uh, become indentured servants or something to mm-hmm. the park for a while. So I was like trying to figure that out. Um, but obviously that's not the case They're yeah. They're just built a robot. So it's not like she would have been in Times Square at any point. I don't think we know who that person is. Um, yeah. I assume we'll find out at a later point. It's not like they're just going to have some random person in the photo. If it's like if it's like Anthony Hopkins' dead daughter, I'm going to be like, "Fuck this stupid show." Uh, I mean, that doesn't. I, there are worse things it could be. It it's always a dead kid. Yeah, it's. God, parents writing dramas are so predictable. <laughs> I know. It's like no one gives a fuck about your dead children. Oh, your kids in the ground. Now we got to have robots revolt against us. Nobody has time to watch HBO prestige dramas and have children. <laughs> really don't. Yeah, but so we don't know who's in the photo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the father just looking at it, confused, still in character. He's like, mm-hmm. "Have you have you ever seen anything like this place?" And she sort of gets in a loop where she responds with the same thing: "Doesn't look like anything to me." Yeah, it doesn't look like anything to me. Um, not abrasive, but she only has one piece of feedback and then moves on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut from there to. Boss lady plus plus British sociopath. Uh, uh, they're sort of overlooking the park. It looks like they're external to the building. Um, I, I didn't where know they if work. that was the park or not. I I just thinking about it more. It's very clear they're on a large piece of land. I assume mm-hmm. that uh, whether or not that is within the bounds of the park, it's the same lands that are adjacent to the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because obviously they have to like drive out, get people, and then bring them back in. So they have yeah. to be either on the park or very, very close to the park. Yeah. Um, I I don't think they're like taking a shuttle to another planet 
from, from that building. Oh yeah, easily. Um, when do you rotate home again? Which I I how do do you think they're on like Mars or something, or do you think they're no, just like way? I don't know. I mean, why not? I think I think it's just like you know heavy corporate culture where like I feel like there's other worlds where they get rotated in and out from maybe. So that that seems possible. I actually so they're talking specifically about rotating home. I just mm-hmm. think it's um or they, it they might have be to one be, of those things where they're on like an island or something. All right, they could be on an island. Yeah. But I I just think it's that they have to be on call for the job obviously and mm-hmm. so they do, you know, what four month shifts at a time and then they rotate home or something like that for yeah. the rest of the year. Um Yeah. So British sociopaths suggest the guests are getting too lifelike and that they should knock it down a bit to keep them more manageable mm-hmm. um, and maybe prevent, uh, you know, robot overtaking society. Oh, no. I really like when the guy was like, you know, maybe we should just stop updating. And I was like, this motherfucker is so EverQuest 1. That they <laughs> He's should like, listen, we, we can just move on to the new iteration. We don't need to keep putting out expansions for this game. They need to cut to his computer later and have it be Windows 98 Second Edition. <laughs> Windows ME. Wait, no, not ME. 98 Second Edition. What did I need past this? Word never got better past this. Excel never got better past this. That is actually a perfectly fair point. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I, I, used, I used Word 97 for years afterwards yeah a lot a lot of people have yeah uh, um he's and so he suggests to boss lady that what, what's your name Teresa cullen i, mm-hmm. I still i still don't have his name but t- he suggests to Teresa cullen that the company is not what it appears and so she's like all right smart guy what mm-hmm. is it it's one thing to guess it's another thing to shareholders and another completely to management um which is an interesting break, actually. It's not surprising that it's one thing to guess, another thing to the people running it. Like, yeah. you could say that about any company. Like, to you, it's like where you get your stupid phone versus, like, a technology company where we're, you know, trying to solve problems and make money, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, a, it's a little surprising that it's one thing to shareholders and another thing to management, which, uh, you know, shareholders obviously just trying to make money off of it. Yeah. But uh, and management, I assume they're talking about, you know, Ford, who has his own little game that he's playing. Yes. I well, oh that's interesting. No, I assumed management was somebody who's been off screen still. Oh, okay. And like similar like like I have suggested, I think I think of him as a um, you know, just sort Waz. of an engineering guy. Yeah, he's a, he's a Waz. I I don't think he's uh the management. I I think once in a while they go and like, "Listen, you're you're going a little over budget. You got to <laughs> take it down a little bit." And he's like, uh, sure, and then he doesn't, and they're like, <laughs> Ford. <laughs> so management, uh, management felt to me like what we're gonna call the bad guys. Like I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's gonna be our generic term for that. Yeah. Um, and she, oh yeah. So we're we're getting a scene right here where we're cutting back between this and the world. So in this conversation, it cuts to player piano. They've got the black hole sun going. Uh, which I thought was hard to recognize and I thought fit well back in the world. The, 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 oh, wait, no, we cut from there to, oh, we don't go back. Okay. So at the end of that scene, oh, Teresa Cullen asked him, Teresa Cullen asked him like, so what do you think this world is? And he's basically like, uh, something else. And she's like, shut up, dummy. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, "Eh, you're not smart enough to see the bigger picture. And I was like, 
Maybe the bigger picture is kind of dumb. Yeah. Or maybe it's dumb or maybe it's just inherently evil. Yeah. Yeah. That too. By the way, I was wondering about who in the breakdown of the human characters is going to be the, you know, supposed adversaries. I'm saying it's the Hemsworth and he gets murdered by robots so fucking hard. Ooh, I like that. There's also, yeah. how, do, how long do you think Lady Creep's going to last? Ooh, I think I think Lady Creep is going to last only because fucking Jeffrey Wright is going to do something where, like, the robots are going to try to murder her, and Jeffrey Wright's going to be like, no, this is my woman. <laughs> All right, and then they'll murder him instead. Yeah, and then exactly. May, and then maybe she'll come full circle and, then be, like, help their cause. Yeah, yeah. We, we really should have gone on the writing staff for Westworld. <laughs> we really should have. <laughs> Guys, this is just Bioshock Infinite. Listen, I it think really we should, is. I think we should all stop what we're doing and then replay Bioshock Infinite from the beginning. <laughs> it's not going to take that long. It's not got a lot of replayability. <laughs> so, yeah, back in the so the the owner it cuts back into the world and again like a lot's made of how. They have these scenes that are just self-contained inside. And so the owner of the saloon is just racist to the Native American dealer, Mm -hmm. which is like, why did we need to include this in television to show off this (laughs) fantasy world? Because it's the simplest interpretation of the Old West possible. Yeah, I think I honestly think that is what they're going for is they're going for a bit of a cartoonishly grotesque world. old west which is why a lot of this stuff is included but it's just like Ugh, i don't i don't know thank you uh, oh no it, it it's definitely that because you know at the end when they're talking to the fucking robot who wigged out they talk about like all of the anachronisms that they programmed in sure they talk about that storyline he used to be part of where he was a cannibal cultist oh yeah that's a good point yeah so this is definitely you know the video game version of the old west right yeah. so th- so the so <laughs> yeah though though racism is not the worst thing that happens to this native american dealer in this oh, episode this poor bastard yeah so he i also love that in a world where he's just supposedly an npc that as he's walking out by himself he's cursing the motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> they, they did put in a lot of like little subroutines where it's like you know that that is a thing that i appreciate in mmos when you're like just casually see a character going about their day yeah it's it, it was pretty great to watch, but um, the man in black grabs him, uh, yep. slices his fucking neck open, and just drags, drags him, him off. Yeah, yeah, drags him off. After that, we see Bernard looking at a photograph. This is the most out of place thing that we get zero answers for. So we, mm-hmm. Bernard, it's literally for less than a second, I'd say. He's looking at a photograph of a young black boy. It's unclear if it's his current former son, if it's him as a young lad, if it's a brother, if it's a neighborhood kid. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I, I, have, I don't even remember that scene. So like, it, it's because it's cutting from that very violent scene. It, it's kind of it's very jarring. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't remember it the first or maybe even the second time because I was like, oh, they'll explain it later. And then they never did. And then it was on the huh. third time through that I was like, wait a minute. What is it? Yeah. So it literally just shows his hand and there's he's holding a photograph and, you know, it's it could be anybody if we have no idea. And then it cuts away from that. Mm-hmm. So so it cuts from there to the city uh, and the uh, it in the game where the de- <laughs> this, this is what I used to describe this character that we had seen previously, the milk dead person rapist. <laughs> 
and he is all of those things. He is he all of those things. All of those things. And and just once again, I have to I have to congratulate them on the grossest milk ever milked. And he is freaking out. He's killed a bunch of people inside. He's saying mm-hmm. "growing boy" repeatedly in the creepiest fashion. Oh yeah, he keeps pouring milk on people. Fucking, he's been shot multiple times. He keeps taking swigs of milk, and it falls out of the holes. Which that's pretty gross. Good job. Good and job, again, guys. and again, I do not understand this gun technology that makes physical holes in in them, but apparently does nothing. Like, are there projectiles or aren't they? I'm very I, confused. I don't know. I I I'm gonna have to assume that there's not projectiles because then how could they guarantee that a guest couldn't get shot? Right. So I feel like it might be a thing where like it's programmed like a light gun, where yeah. like when you shoot the robot, the it, it explodes internally from the wound. Yeah. I mean, there, there is, I mean, keep in mind, since we're hundreds of years in the future, there could be a literal force field around guests. <laughs> I mean, that's an option. That's, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. But uh, it, it's honestly one of the less complicated ones I've come up with. <laughs> if you introduce the how existence much, of force. How much, how much Westworld world building have you been doing in your I've spare been tra- time? I've been trying to think of the world you're describing where there's like just like literally a series of explosives inside every host character <laughs> in case you aim a gun at that point and it has to like throw blood out of it. But, but that's not going to work if you stab them because then it's going to – it just seems difficult. <laughs> I, I I can't wait until you get your hands on that Westworld series Bible. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I got some questions that need answering. <laughs> um, we've got. By the way, they show that horrific scene, and I assume that everybody inside is a host. And then so oh, yeah. when the cleanup crew comes through, and they're like, there are two guests inside, and I was like, that is gonna be a that. Oh no, gonna, it was the the two cowering people. Yeah, and they yeah. are they are gonna give that a six out of ten on IGN. <laughs> They are not going to leave positive feedback. They, they, they're going to use the forbidden numbers when they. I, I just want to see. I just want to see the Westworld Twitter account where, where they keep guests keep adding the Westworld official Twitter account uh, yeah. with complaints. Uh, we totally understand, and we're sorry you, you had a negative experience. Please DM <laughs> me for more details. God. So. And one thing that's interesting, so Bernard seems to think of the hosts at, like we think of modern computers. Like if you mm-hmm. – any behavior they had is because they were programmed wrong and he doesn't – you know, it's just hardware. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. Teresa Cullen seems to think the host's physical bodies can be defe- – have some sort of inherent defect. And I'm surprised he's not – if he actually believes that it's just software and they are just Turing machines, I'm surprised he's not making a stronger case out of that. Um, obviously, uh, they're leaving it ambiguous for future stories, but mm-hmm. I would really like to know how they build these biological androids. <laughs> there is never enough world building for you, is there? Uh, no, there really isn't. <laughs> Bernard, uh, <laughs> Bernard, for reasons unclear to me, Bernard has to tell Hopkins, uh, oh, sorry, Ford, mm-hmm. the inventor boss man, uh, about what's happened, and he's embarrassed you know, you, you, don't, you don't want to go and tell Waz that he screwed up. <laughs> and he did screw up. Oh, the set. You can't let these robots have access to their fucking soft wiped memories. Yeah, you, do, you don't want you don't want that to happen. Do you know yeah. what? And so, so they mentioned the fact that, oh, we can cure any disease. We can keep anyone alive. Do you know what that means? We're done evolving. It's as good as we're going to get. Which is has the dark implication that he's going to have something else start evolving. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, 
Ed Harris becomes a robot, and that's the end game. I, I'm going to be very surprised if that's what actually happens. I'm, I have a hard time imagining what that's actually going to look like, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it happen. I can't wait for Ed Harris to become a robot and me to text you, haha, over and over again. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to delete your account <laughs> because I will watch it before you do. <laughs> and if I realize that that's what happened, uh, I'm going to be very sad. The, po- the podcast will be spontaneously canceled. Just one day, nothing is left. <laughs> So we cut to the card dealer in the desert with the man in black and three buckets of blood. So yeah, I don't, I didn't know what the point of the buckets were. I don't know what the point is either. So yeah. he's been torturing him, presumably. So somehow he has been following clues to get deeper into the game, and he has figured out that some aspect of this card dealer is relative to his next hint. Yeah, and he has the it's the fucking uh, map hidden under his. Scalp. No, no, no. So I get yeah. that, but I don't think he knows that yet. Oh yeah. So I, th- I mean, that's he, yeah, that's he's the just, only he's just torturing him, trying to figure out how to get the answer out of him. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to do the quest to get attuned to molten core. <laughs> and and so he has. There's a deeper level to this game. You're going to show me how to get there, and then he scalps him, which does, mm-hmm. as, as we're both mentioning, makes draining the blood seem unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't get the whole fucking buckets of blood thing. And then we go back to the the Dolores father loop, which it's it seemed seeming very run Lola run at this point. <laughs> I expect I expect her to shout Manny at some point. In your German expressionist cinema. Father, that's a great movie. Father still has uh, the photo. He's obsessed with it. He misses a line of dialogue, and you can see Dolores is unsettled by that. Yeah, um, she she walks up to him and is like, "Daddy." Are you breaking kayfabe? <laughs> I do find it fascinating that the characters have enough flexibility to like, like she's legitimately concerned that her father yeah, is th- ill in this continuity. I literally wrote down, wait, so they have emotions and shit to deal with emergencies. So. So they can stay in character during the storylines. Yeah, I, I guess so. Cause uh, the, I mean, it just goes into basically a generic, oh, no, I'm having an emergency right. fucking mode. Uh, and, then, and then the father character has an amazing breakdown. Mm-hmm. I have a question, a question you're not supposed to ask, which gave me an answer. You're not supposed to know. He starts vibrating creepily. Mm-hmm. And then he looks into her in a harrowing way that made me want to leave the room I was sitting in <laughs> and said, you should go leave. Hell is empty. All the devils are here. And I, I don't disagree. All so, these fucking players are kind of assholes. I would like somebody to annotate all these for me. So is that a Shakespeare line? It feels like a Shakespeare line. I mean, he, the, the, I believe at the end he says that they put in Shakespeare and Gertrude Stein quotes. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he whispers something we can't hear. Spoiler. He says, these violent delights have violent ends, which is Shakespeare Wait. we find later. Yeah, and that is the that is I, I believe that's the code word which fucking opens up the robot's brains. Right, um, and then she goes to find the doctor, which seems yeah. way outside of the normal variation. As they mention, there's supposed to be minor variations, but to sort of go screaming looking for the doctor uh, seems like a problem, especially when there pretty clearly is no doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a uh, that's weird. Uh, as a result of this, sort of Teddy and Dolores reunite in a heartfelt embrace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the orchestral version of Painted Black starts up. Starts on the player piano. Yeah. 
We, Actually, we... no, no, that's it's uh, it's not diegetic. Oh no, it wasn't a player piano. It was just pure orchestral soundtrack. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and then we see an overview of the. We cut out to the whole world with a British sociopath, mm-hmm. and he's so proud of himself. <laughs> Listen, guys, we put in a hard night, but it, this is going to be great. I punched yeah. up the speech he gives after he robs the place. You're going to love it. He massaged events so that they get over there early. Yeah, like he clicked the button that said, go over there early. <laughs> exactly. He was like, oh, all right. He made it sound <laughs> like he had to walk over and convince them. <laughs> he just he just turned the zero to a one. <laughs> yeah. He clicked the flag that said, we're going to rob the town. <laughs> yeah, and we get a uh, old Rodrigo Santoro a.k.a. Xerxes from 300 as Eschaton. And he's great. Oh, yeah. He, listen, all of the actors in this show are fucking great. Tattooed Lady is a great sidekick. Yeah, I don't think that there's a single actor in this show that I have any problem with. When they marched into the town, like a part of me was like, can we back up a moment? I just want to see the prestige drama in the West about these bandits. <laughs> I, I do, too. It's like, why can't, we, why can't we watch this expansion pack happening? Yeah. They roll into town, and you can tell it's a cheesy video game because they kill a black guy to show they're serious. <laughs> now, that's some problematic DLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They start on the bottom of the, uh, <laughs> of, the, of the social totem pole and then work their way up. They, they start lighting up everyone like it's the Area 51 shooting simulator <laughs> in your local arcade in the late 90s. Pretty, it's a, Honestly, I would have gone House of the Dead. <laughs> it's a pretty cool action shooting scene. Uh, Teddy yeah. shot for being an idiot. Mm-hmm. The safe is dropped down from a level above. That's a great scene where he physically oh, I, moves I, her over. Yeah, for... he moves Tandy Newton over. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and then the madame starts killing people once they've turned their back, which is that, great. That was amazing. I don't like, uh, you know, sometimes explicit violence really fucking turns my gut. But when that guy was like, yeah, we're going to take this girl, too. And then she just fucking explodes his face. Yes. I was like, yes. Yes, Tandy. Way to go, Tandy. Uh, British sociopath is super stoked. He's basically stroking an, an invisible cat going, yes, yes. And then right when he's given that big speech, boom, right through the fucking neck. And that's why you don't have overworld raids. <laughs> and the, the, it's douchebag husband who just walked up to him because there's no danger to him whatsoever or strategy to stopping him. I, I just don't understand how the game is fun. If it's a bad lose. game. It's a it's bad a, game. It's a bad game. Nobody's talking about how inherently Westworld is not a fun game. It's a terrible game that nobody should it's be watching to play. It's the dumbest game. I, I wouldn't play it if it was free to if it was like the beta and I just got to play <laughs> it for fun. It's awful. I, I would I'd literally just spend all my time fucking a robot outside <laughs> of Westworld. Be like, what? You guys are going to the old West for this? My God. <laughs> His wife is very happy that her husband's happy, and that's really creepy. She points at the 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 uh, dead tattooed lady who is a badass and says, "Look at her wriggle." Oh yeah, that that was when I was like, "These people really do deserve whatever happens to them." Dolores gives a very moving death speech over Teddy, mm-hmm. and Doofus and his wife get their pics taken with the people they shot. Again, a great revenue idea. You bring in the old-timey camera, you charge them like a couple hundred bucks. Those are expensive shots to take. They're giant negatives. Exactly. And as they're leaving, you hand them these photos, and they're like, it's a hundred bucks extra. And like, oh, oh, I forgot. I'm incredibly rich. (laughs) Exactly. Why why would you bother me with numbers? Of course I want it. And even if I didn't, I would just throw it away. Like (laughs) Like I do $100 bills. 
Bernard and Teresa Cullen uh, are talking to each other about all of these robots. Most checked mm-hmm. out fine. So they're back in the repair area. Most checked yeah, out they, fine. They, uh, as uh, Evan Rachel Wood is over Teddy's body, one of the one of the programmers goes like, "All right, go to sleep." And she just fucking goes to sleep because they're doing the complete wipe of the town. Exactly. And then yeah. Dolores and her father put on a Mac acting masterclass. Oof. They, this, I, you know, I don't think Evan Rachel Wood gets enough credit. She's been killing it acting wise for fucking God decades now. Yeah. I, yeah. So good in this. And then Dolores' conversation loops uh, in the same way that it did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hemsworth the Elder, we realize, has been the voiceover questioning her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by the way, I just want to say, I would love it if in real life I could get people on cognition only, no emotional effect mode. <laughs> yeah. Turn off the accent. Yeah, exactly. Listen. Drain all of that emotion. Let's just have a nice logical talk here. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> Do you want to leave? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I also did love Lose the Accent. Lose uh, the Accent was good. Lose it, the it, Accent was good. Uh, very Amerocentric. The, yeah. if, they're, if they're breached, they need to be put down. That's the policy. Anthony Hopkins mm-hmm. is like, yeah, but let's get a core and do some debugging first. Mm-hmm. He's quoting some creepy, scary sounding stuff to Ford. And the actors... <laughs> I, You know that like... For the actor who plays Habernathy, uh, his website is selling T-shirts that that say, "They made I made Anthony Hopkins look at my dick." <laughs> Not many actors can say that, although no. I'm pretty sure one of the Hemsworths can. Oh, probably. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Do you think Anthony Hopkins is like these fucking Hemsworths follow me everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get away from them. He starts panicking. I have to warn her. The things you do to her, I have to protect her. Uh, Bernard, we're miles beyond a glitch here. And then access your current build. Rose is a rose is a rose. Uh, And all this creepy stuff. What is your itinerary to meet my maker? I shall have such revenges on you both. Oof. Yeah, and then we find out that he, uh, one of his previous roles was a cannibal cultist in the desert. Yeah. Which, uh, I fucking want to watch that. This this seems all of these all of these quests seem a little milk toast. I want to I want to go back when the game was getting real weird. So, do you think that Ford is covering for the robot that he knows is uh, freaking out to his design? I I don't know either because in the second episode, Jeffrey Wright, uh, we find out he has been having you know off the record robot talks. Ye- right, but so. A lot of the things he says, yeah. it makes sense that they're referring to the early Shakespearean stuff. But specifically, the first lines he says when he's panicking is, I have to warn her, the things you do to her, I have to protect her. Uh, seems, that doesn't seem like Shakespeare. Oh, no, it's, it's he has access to his old memories. Right. So he knows every single time the daughter who has been programmed to care for has been fucking, you know, shot and fucked by all of these fucking creeps. Right, right, right. So... You know, because they program the robot to care about the other robot instead of just, you know, being dispassionate about it, they're all going to die. That's why you never program robots to care about each other, because then they try to kill God. <laughs> so back to Dolores and Hemsworth, the elder. Uh, we get we get at this point that what did he whisper? These violent delights have violent ends. And last question. Would you ever hurt a living thing? Uh, 
No, I would never hit a fly. <laughs> I th- I think it was I think it was a little exaggerated when she went. No, I'd never kill any living thing. Uh, then they cut from there. It looks like they're about to drill up Peter's nose with a wine cork. I don't know what happens then because I wince and look away until the sound goes away. Oh yeah, that that was a that's a hard wipe. That is a hard wipe. <laughs> yeah, there's not gonna be a left there. We we get Hemsworth talking about Dolores like. Don't be fooled. She's been repaired so many times. She looks brand new. She's one of the Oof. oldest hosts in the park with the, the most memories. They, the second they said that, I was like, well, obviously, she's going to kill everybody. Everybody. She everybody. has memories of everybody being nightmarish. Yeah. Uh, back to the Dolores loop again. So one thing that's weird is they seem to create these biological androids, but they don't seem to want to create duplicates for some reason. Like, I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't build a new father who looked like the old father. Huh. They repurposed yeah. another android who's a different actor and looks differently. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. That, I that, guess there's going to be some sort of explanation for it. Maybe. Maybe not. Her father's been replaced by a guy with a mustache. His dialogue is slightly different. Which that's also interesting. It's a little bit harsher. It's a little bit harsher. That that's interesting. That it's like the androids bring their own flavor to the character, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Um, uh, although I do feel like part of it is that they realize that the old robot's emotional attachment to his daughter was getting to be too much. So they were oh, like, "All right, now let's make it. Let's fucking shove an asshole in here so he doesn't care that much." That that's a fair point. That that yeah. it might be that, and not what I'm not not what I was thinking. Also, I think that fucking you know. They're just giving extra uh, material for Dolores to really go crazy when she finds out her, you know, robo dad has been replaced. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When when she, I, I'm sure at some point she's going to realize that you're, you're not my father. You know. Oh no, there's definitely there's definitely going to be a scene where she fucking breaks out. She finds her old robot dad in fucking storage, and she goes crazy on everybody. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen. Nobody's saying that Westworld is brilliantly plotted and original. I'm, I'm just saying that, uh, like, I mean, if you've looked at the episode titles, like, the, I think it's episode six is titled Caesar Dead and Goes Crazy. <laughs> They're real. These episode titles are so on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where I think her first father said something to the tune of, like, are you going to go out there and capture a piece of this world of ours? Where mm-hmm. the new dad's like, you do that painting of yours? Like, he's a little disdainful that she went to art school. I feel like this dad was like, <laughs> I always wanted you to be a doctor or an engineer. You know, do something with your life. <laughs> exactly. Not just go painting horses. <laughs> so then we get original father and crazy shooter guy are led down into their level 83 basement where original father's eyes look very conscious and very heartbroken and tear-filled. Um and we get a decommissioned room full of uh, unattractive actors, which I think is how Hollywood sees actors. <laughs> cattle. A bunch of cattle. Cold bodies. That's all they need. Show your tits in the background of an HBO show, actor. See, Let's see your union protect you from being exploited by us. <laughs> and then uh, we get a piece of Del- Dolores voiceover. I know things will work out how they're meant to. A fly lands on Dolores' face, and she kills it by slapping it. So yeah. she'll hurt a fly. She oh. will hurt a fly. She will, some would say, murder a fly. Yeah, and I guess all those humans are just a bunch of big fucking flies to her. Yeah, she's 
All I'm going to say is Jeff Goldblum is clearly next. <laughs> and then we get some Johnny Cash because, of course, we do. Yeah. I mean, he's dead. <laughs> They're undead. It just there's a lot of crossover there. Truly. And so that brings us to Westworld, which I'm going to watch every episode of. I, I'm very fascinated. The third episode comes out tonight. I'm excited. It's I, I it's so weird to watch a show while it's airing, which I never do <laughs> nowadays. Like the tension of like, will this show betray me? And if so, when is is very tense. It's why I stopped watching um, Mr. Robot. Like I'm just waiting for that show to end and then I'll catch back up and see if it was good. <laughs> You've only got like three more seasons. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And and listen, I might have been a little harsh on this show, but it's not like I'm not going to watch the entire season. No, it's going to be the best. Uh, uh, So. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back to the book club next week. If you want to we're doing uh, the next two, the next last two weeks of this uh, British Bake Off. British Bake Off. British Bake Off is what it's called. If you want to if you want to find those, you can support us on patreon.com slash Swords. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for Borsgorn Swords. You can find us on Twitter. That's at Swords. You can find Ivan on Twitter at Ivan underscore Hernandez. And you can find Red on Twitter at Red underscore Scott. Bye. See ya.